Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We cross paths with many people throughout our day. Generally, when you meet a stranger at the bus stop, it's not a memorable experience. But for the encounter of Fred and Rose, that was not the case. These two meeting ended in at least a dozen horrific and sexually motivated killings. You could say, if these two didn't cross paths, the world would be a better place. I'm Nicole. I'm Ben. And this is Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. started again fuck i did <laughs> we don't have hi <laughs> i don't even know what's going that on threw you for a fucking loop well, because it? i didn't hear you click the button and then all of a sudden it was like i saw the time rolling and i was like oh my gosh i'm flustered like ah it's almost like the curtain came open and i wasn't fucking ready clearly because you're just rambling right now <laughs> welcome um how's it going everyone we are having a fantastic day today we are as we record this, we got some news. We do. We have some very exciting news. And we don't have a cha-chink because Ben did that over. Is a it a cha-chink? A, a cha-chink? Cha-chink? A ka-chink. Uh, an opening of a can? A cha-chink? Same thing. Same thing. Should get a shirt that says um, cha-chink. Because Ben opened it over on Patreon because we did a pre-show. We did. But what was your big announcement? I quit. You quit your job. The job, not the podcast. Oh my gosh. I wonder if people are just like. <gasps> yeah. No, not the podcast. Today, I put in my official resignation from my job. From here, I am going full time into video and media creation. And by media creation, that also encompasses podcasting. Mm -hmm. So we've got a lot coming down the pipe for you guys. I'm super nervous. I'm sure Nicole's super nervous as well. It's Not happening. quite as much as you because I have been, I kind of ventured into the full time of working for myself already. And Touché. I know it can work. So Touche. Yeah. Well, I've worked at the same company for over a decade and in the same industry for like over 16 years. Yeah. So it was a big day for you. It's a it's big deal. Super scary. But we have five weeks notice that I gave. Mm -hmm. um, the nice thing is I have that luxury of giving lots of notice to my employer who's been quite kind to, to me throughout this whole process. So I have that luxury of delivering that. Uh, to them as I transition on my own time into this new new job since I'll be yeah. working for myself. But so the cool thing is, we'll, uh, well, Ben will have more time to 
put towards this podcast. Yeah. Which and a, is awesome. A big thing is uh, things like social media mm-hmm. uh, and Patreon as well, because we feel like we, we could be doing a lot better for Patreon, um, especially when it comes to like answering a little bit sooner and stuff. Well, and our comments on Instagram, it just sometimes is a bit overwhelming. Yeah. So. Facebook, Instagram, all those messages yeah. and comments. I, we get a lot. We used to be really good and on top of them, but lately it's been a little bit harder to keep on top of them. Well, so. we get way more than we used to. That's true. So that doesn't help. Um, but yeah, because of you guys supporting this show, you have given us the proof of concept. <laughs> I couldn't figure out that word earlier. You've given us the proof of concept to show that we can go full time with things like this podcast. So mm-hmm. that's where I come in and I'm going full time with it. So thank you so much for your support. It means the absolute world. Yeah. So today is thanks to all of you guys out there. So thank you. It's a very exciting day. Yes. It's awesome. And I'm super fucking nervous. Super nervous. It's going to be good. I'm not one to take risks. I don't take risks No, Ben's not a very big risk taker at all, actually. So. The fact that we live in a tiny home sometimes amazes me that you were like, sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, anytime I take risks, I usually have a safety net, right? Mm -hmm. And it's. The, the tiny home, there, there's always the backup of, oh, you sell it and you go buy something else or rent or whatever. You lose a little bit of money, sure, whatever, and you just move on. Yeah. With this, what if this doesn't work out? I Well, then you go back and get another job. Yeah, but potentially pay-wise, hour-wise, where, how long will that take? There's no safety net. It's just more questions. Yeah. But so, then there's questions sometimes if you don't take that leap as well. That's true. And that so. was one of the big things that really pushed me is like, well – Will I regret it one day? Mm-hmm. Right now we're in the position to be able to do it. So do it. YOLO. Just do it. Just Nike do it. is now a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> Fucking Just kidding. wish. Just kidding. Nike, reach out. <laughs> we're calling you. Um, on a very side note, Ben is getting a haircut on uh, sat- Saturday. Yep. So for any of you that I can't remember what episode, Ben and I had a bet that he would not grow a man bun. But he was in the process of growing a man bun. Nicole caved. I caved. I just had to. She's telling me to cut it. I would grow it. But one of the no. stipulations was if she told me to cut it, I will. But that just means I win. No one needs to see that shit. So. Yeah, you're not so wrong. So we're putting a stop to it. You're not wrong. So I'm going to get a haircut and I'm not going to look like a sloppy Joe. For you the rest should at of least life. maybe post what you have going on. Oh, I will. I'll post that over it on got Instagram pretty long. or something. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll post it before and after my haircut. How's that? There you go. So you can see the difference. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I think the last the last order of business here is to thank our patrons. Right. Our lovely I new gotta, patrons. I got to open that up on my phone here because you sent it to me. I sure did. That's that's one of Nicole's jobs is she sends me the patrons, the list. She ch- tracks where we were last time when we thanked. She yeah, because me. Ben's is the names because he just is better at pronouncing shit than so, me. So yeah, we delegate jobs and Nicole's doing her fantastic job and now it's time for me to do mine do it so, fantastic as well all right maybe i should should i put on like a radio announcer voice yeah what kind of voice should i do it in like a like radio you announcer were at like an nhl man? game like like a screaming fad like oh my no like you were like the broadcaster like ladies and gentlemen is like, that a broadcaster well i mean kind of i guess yeah a broadcasting voice do whatever you want okay i'll do some sort of broadcasting voice okay All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we have several individuals to thank over on our Patreon. Starting, we have Shay. Then moving on, we have Yukio Wolf, Calio Pilo, Katie Hemphill, 
Beth Monroe, and Penny Roberts. Thank you so much to all you out there. Joining our Patreon supports us in a way you can't even imagine. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you. And uh, now so that we got that list out of the way, we're going to move on here and we're going to play some Wicked and Grim coming up now on 94.8, the True Crime Podcast. Oh, wow. I feel like that, How's that? that didn't, it was good, but it didn't sound quite as genuine. So thank you to those <laughs> patrons. <laughs> that's it just true. Didn't, it didn't feel as genuine, but well, um, that's the, it like, was just fun. So I'm just saying thank you again in a normal voice because yeah. you guys are awesome. Radio is very quick paced. It almost sounded like a now, like a auction, like an auction. Oh, not near fast for auction. True, true. Uh, but I will go through it proper this time. So we have Shay. Oh my gosh, you don't Yukio need. Wolf. Okay. Kalia Pilo. Katie Hemphill, Beth Monroe, Penny Roberts. Um, no, I, I did want to go over it again because it was not sincere. Doing it in a radio and I know, it voice. didn't seem across, so. like it came across as genuine. And we're that's what we're all about here is being as as genuine as we can be. So. But you told me to do the announcement. I know. You know what? We did it. We explored it. It failed. We're moving on. Fucking move on. <laughs> all right. We're, we're rambling um, today. I'm going to be nice as fuck. This is part one. This is a part one episode. Part one. Part one. And you know what? I feel like I stopped it. You know what? I stopped it in an asshole part. Yeah, I did. But you did know Did you really? Well, kinda. You had to. You some bitch. But anyway, we're covering Fred and Rose West today. About is, damn. It's about damn time. This is a doozy. So it's a doozy of a case. Um, and we had it requested to us many times. Um, by many people. Yeah. It's been one that we've had requested for like over a year. And I was like, it was on my list, but I didn't quite realize how large it was. So it's pretty large. It's kind of consumed my life here. That's what she said. So this is, uh, this, this, should we, should we go? Goodness gracious. Someone needs to control him over there. He's in like a good mood. I'm in one hell of a good mood. Yeah. I'm going to sit back and, uh, drink my drink. How's that? You need something to keep you busy over there. I right? do. I'm I'm over the moon right now. So I'm sorry if I seem like a lot today. That that's solely on me. <laughs> Nicole is doing a fantastic job. I am just. I just feel like everyone yeah. out there send. I should just like send help. I'll send some sort of like, ha, like I'll have to do a secret message that I need help. <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. Fucking Morse code by blinking on an Instagram <laughs> reel or some shit. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, Holy it's all fuck. good. It's all good. Wow. No, it's a good day. It's a good day. Okay, ready. I mean, not really, but let's fucking do it. I don't know if I'll be able to sit still. I can't control my excitement. No, I'm, I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so Fre Frederick Walter Stephen West, otherwise known as Fred West, is the person a lot of the story centers around. He was born on September 29th, 1941. Wow. Way back then. In Muchmarkle, which is a village in England, two parents, Walter Stephen West and Daisy Hannah Hill. His father was a known disciplinarian. Disciplinarian. <laughs> disciplinarian. <laughs> a disciplinary. Disciplinary. I do know how to say that. Sometimes my tongue just like gets tied up all over the place. And his mother was incredibly overprotective, especially over Fred, who was known to be her favorite. Oh, favoritism of the children. See, I think lots of times parents do maybe have a favorite, but then that's not really something they like vocalize. But it was known that Fred was the favorite. And I think he was the favorite because he was, they had had a child previously that unfortunately passed away, like not very long after she gave birth to the baby. Mm -hmm. And so Fred was like the first kid that survived. And so they probably just had a whole bunch of hope and stuff for him. And yeah, I could see that. So, but also I'm, 
I mean, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, um, I'm not a parent, so I could be speaking out of context or ignorance here. But I think that it's completely reasonable for a parent to have a favorite child. It doesn't mean that you love any one child more than the other. It just means that you might get along with them better. One of the children better. You can relate to them better or they don't fucking scream in the middle of the night like the other one does. Like, you know what I mean? And it's probably different stages, too, where exactly you kind of. Be like, oh, this kid is actually being really good right yeah. now. And this one's not. So, so it changes. I don't, I don't think. And I mean, one of those kids could be more like you and the other one like your spouse, which might annoy you. Who knows? <laughs> oh. um, I don't think anyone should feel guilty if that is the case. I think that would be a completely normal thing. I just got like a vision of like if I had a kid and they were exactly like you, what my life would be like. It was a lot in that split second vision there. <laughs> your life flashed before your eyes. <laughs> So basically, Fred and his mother were close. They Underst were close. Understandable. Uh, some say Fred seemed like any other young boy growing up. His aunt eventually telling the press that he always or he has always been such a nice boy. One neighbor described him as a bit cheeky, a bit mouthy, but that was the way the kids were. So kind of like a normal description there from outsiders. Yeah, a little lippy, but whatever. Happens um, to the best of them. At school, he had a hard time getting on with the other kids. He also didn't do well in his classes. He was good with his hands, but he struggled with an ac with any academic work. By the time he left school, he was only 15 and he was barely literate, which is kind of unfortunate. Well, I mean, 15 and was it 1940s? Yeah. So oh, I think a lot of people probably... They left school at young yeah, ages, Yeah, I don't right? think that's, like, I think that's probably relatively normal. Mm -hmm. So, But still, being that age and he was in school and he was still like kind of illiterate. So he really struggled, right? Yeah. Um, his only job prospects were working as a farmhand, which is not necessarily a bad job. No. Uh, his social problems only grew worse as he became a young adult and started going to youth clubs with his younger brother, John. After hearing his country accent, many at the social clubs pegged him for a country boy and either picked on him or just completely ignored him. The plan was to meet girls. And though Fred wasn't exactly a looker, he did have a bit of charm to him. And that seemed to work on um, susceptible and inexperienced young women. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But his approach to women didn't exactly help him make many friends either. From the start, Fred seemed to view women in a different light to, than most people do. Asking for consent, for example, wasn't necessarily in his vocabulary. So he's your modern day douchebag alpha Chad. <laughs> You're like so looking I'm, off oh, thinking no, I'm about like that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. He's like your modern day douche, basically. I don't know. Of it. No, because he doesn't really have much going for him either. Yeah, like, neither do like these douchebag Chad people. I don't know. I don't but, know. But he just like you wouldn't ask. He's for worse. Consent. I would say he's worse. He's worse. Okay. Okay. So he uh, he later explained in a claim that was denied by another of his brothers that the way he was like this was because his mother had taught him and introduced him to sex when he was only twelve years old. So he's saying that she sexually abused. Him. Okay, that's what Which I thought. Is horrible. It's one thing to like teach like the birds and the bees. Yeah. But it's another to teach. Teach the birds and the bees. Yeah. So 
he claimed this, but then he had, and it's claimed in many, many articles, but then he did have a brother later that denied this. Okay. But who knows? Maybe the brother wasn't even aware. Like, Yeah, that's very possible. Because the brother was younger than him. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of family dynamic situations where one of the individuals is the subject of abuse where the others aren't. Yeah. He also said that he learned a lot about sex from seeing his father rape his sisters when they were living on the farm together. Oh, snap. This guy's grown up all fucking kinds of great. Hey, I know. So exactly how much of this is true and how much of it Fred was making up to justify either his own failures with women or his own terrible actions later is is difficult to say. Mm -hmm. Um, Because after talking with him for only a few minutes, it didn't take many people long to figure out that Fred was a pathological liar and he'd often embellish or completely make up stories about himself just to make him look good. Cool. I mean, I feel like some shit would have gone down in that house for sure, but who knows to what extent? Yeah. I mean, if someone is a pathological liar, they may not only be blowing things out of proportion, but making things up out of nowhere. Yeah. So it could be just a perfectly normal household and he's making these things up or he could be blowing it out of proportion or, I mean, it could be completely true and he's just lying about other shit. Yeah. Who's to say? I think I do have this in later. Hopefully I didn't take it out. Maybe I have it in later because there was also some reports too that he like experimented on the the animals that they had too. Oh. And that was apparently learned from his father. So oh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that his father was setting a very good example for him or his mother really either way. So what we do know for sure is that Fred sustained two major head injuries. The first one occurring when he was only 17 years old. He got into an accident on his motorcycle that left him with a broken arm and leg, but also a a fractured skull. Fred was unconscious for an entire week, and he wouldn't be able to walk without braces for several months afterwards when he did finally wake up. And some reports say that he did even um, have like a limp. Okay. So. um, Some remaining. uh, Remain residual effects. Residual symptoms. There you go. So the second one came only two years later when a girl that he allegedly groped at a social club turned around and punched him, <laughs> which is, he yeah, deserves it. like good for you. I mean, I'm he sorry. If it. someone groped me, I would punch them in the face and I would feel fine with doing it. Yes. Violence is never okay, but neither is fucking sexual assault. No, no. <laughs> I like how it's just like, I'm, I would be okay with punching them in the face. Okay. I, I can't argue be, if someone's reaction is that you have every right to react that way. Fucking rights. However, there's better ways to handle it. You know what is, I mean? There is fine. I, I can't blame you, but there are better, better ways. That's all I'm saying. If you, if that's your reaction, fucking, <laughs> you know, but also try not to stoop to their level. Exactly. So the duo, two of them have been standing on a fire escape and the punch had sent Fred tumbling down the stairs until he finally stopped two floors down and hit his head. Oh, shit. And as we know, head injuries can lead to massive changes in personalities at times, right? Yeah. So Fred's friends and family noted that after his stay in the hospital, his second stay, Fred became irrationally afraid of hospitals and prone to fits of intense rage. I don't know if that's, sorry, I went away from the mic for a minute. I don't know if that's irrational to be afraid of hospitals after that. No, no. I mean, I think a lot of people, even without being experienced, like you just, it's a place you don't want to go. Yeah. 
right? And especially when you've had two pretty probably traumatic events, like you're not feeling good towards that place. Yeah. But who knows to what degree he was acting. Yeah. So that doesn't quite explain what Fred had been doing before he received those head injuries because it's not like after receiving them, he all of a sudden turned into a douche canoe. He was a douche canoe before. Gotcha. I'm just saying it. He's a douche canoe before. He's still a douche canoe now. He's just fucking douche canoe squared. Exactly. <laughs> squared. <laughs> douche canoe squared. Uh, so... Oh, goodness. Okay, I do have the... So Fred openly admitted that since his mother had introduced him to sex, he'd read regularly engaged in what is it called? Bestiality, oh, right? With yes. the animals on the farm. Fuck. But that wasn't all. In 1961, Fred's 13-year-old sister, Kitty, made a disturbing confession to their mother. Oh, no. Now, I'm going to just put a no. um, disclosure statement. Some... Report said that it was not the sister, but a close, a close family friend. But a lot of the majority of the reports did say that it was the sister. So I just went with the sister, but there is the possibility that it wasn't the sister and it was a close friend. So Kitty said that Fred had been sexually abusing her for over half a year. And now she was pregnant with his child. Oh, fuck. Really? Fred was arrested and openly admitted to abusing Kitty and many other girls, Holy young shit. girls. And he couldn't understand why he was being charged with anything. And when asked why he, he'd done what he'd done, he then asked the question to them. Doesn't everyone do it? Wow. Okay. So as we know, Daisy... Fred's mother had a soft spot for Fred, and though disgusted with him, she agreed to testify in her son's defense. But she would never have to because in the end, Kitty ended up dropping or changing her mind and ended up refusing to testify. So the charges against her brother were dropped. Wow, that is one of the most disturbing things. Doesn't everybody? Yeah, that's quite a statement, eh? Like, it's very disturbing. That there just shows what he was taught as a uh, I know a kid yeah I've got, I've got a very just and what he goes about teaching yeah um, I've got a very disturbing story that I'm going to share with you here um, it's a story that I heard through um, a friend of a friend okay uh, so that individual was saying they were an RCMP officer up in like the Yukon way back when okay. like in the 80s or something like that and there was a old man and like a hermit type individual in this cabin or whatever and he would go and like rob people's backyards and stuff once in a while for little like a bucket things like that right mm -hmm. or rob some gardens and stuff for some food and things anyways the the rcmp eventually went to his cabin after a lot of reports of this and when they got there and this is a true story by the way um they found him and a dog he had stolen and that dog he was using for sexual endeavors oh god okay the dog was in such rough shape it had to be put down what they had there like and this Holy is shit. way up in the middle of nowhere in the yukon in the 80s like they didn't like they, they put a bullet into the animal's yeah. head oh the poor thing um and he said the same thing like his dad taught him this when you're lonely you go find an animal like this is what he was taught oh, as a kid man. I know. I mean, if I, I can see it happening. 
Yeah. If you, if that's what you're taught. That's you're, literally because your parents can be so manipulative, not saying like people are like this, but there are a few people like this yeah. that you legitimately believe that that is happening in everybody's household. Yeah. You're, you're told this is normal. Yeah. I mean, think of it in a, it's a so disturbing. a rational aspect that we're, I mean, we eat animals. We eat cows, pigs, right? Mm -hmm. The majority of the world does. So is it far-fetched to say if we cut them up and consume them, that if you are taught from a young age for over the course of your entire life that you can do other things, why would there be red flags if that's what you were taught is normal? Yeah. You could think that's their purpose there, right? So Yeah. So it's it's wild what yeah. sort of shit you can be taught. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Sorry. This is just disturbing. All of this is disturbing. Yeah. And I mean, he probably, but the thing is like, I've researched this case. I, I see the kind of person he is and that doesn't everybody do it. I almost be like, well, is he legitimate? Is he being serious? But he probably is like at that point, I think he's, um, or he's either te a teenager or early twenties. So he could still be very much of believing. Yeah. He could also be lying too. There's, yeah. There's that possibility. So though his char charges were never proven in court, most of the family, including his mother actually, did cut ties with Fred and he was kicked out of the family home. Um, this didn't last- Understandably. It didn't last too long though. His relationship with his siblings and most of his family, though it was never the same again, um, they eventually did become on speaking terms with- both of his parents as well by like the mid 1962. So in September 1962, Catherine Bernadette Costel Costello also walked back into Fred's life. She'd been one of those women at the youth clubs who'd actually gotten along with Fred and they'd even been in a relationship for a good few months before she ended up having to move back to Scotland. So Catherine or Rena, as she'd like to go by, apparently still thought highly of Fred because when she found herself in trouble, he was the first one that she went to. Okay. But I mean, also like he's probably not in a position to judge anyone. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so Rena was pregnant and the father of her unborn child was of a darker race. The majority of reports saying he was from Western Asia. This had led to some difficulties between her and her family members. And it's difficult to say whether it was because her baby would be of mixed race or if she was having a child out of wedlock. Mm, okay. I think it's more so the latter because um, it didn't seem like they had disclosed what the race of the baby would be until the baby was born, as we'll get into here. So Rena's unplanned pregnancy sent her back to England and back into Fred's arms. They were married only two months later with Fred's brother, John, I believe that's the brother or the son right below uh, Fred's age, allegedly being the only guest at the wedding. And before long, they moved out to get Glasgow. The only guest at the wedding? Yeah. A single person attended their wedding. Well, I think it was, it might've been like a friend as well too, but like the only family member. Oh, I see. The only family member. I literally envisioned like them up at the altar at a fucking church and one person in the audience like, <laughs> Well, I know. I think I think it might have been like one or two, but also I don't know. Over there, it could be different. Here, like you need two witnesses at least for signing. Yeah. So, so Fred found work as an ice cream truck driver, and when Charmaine was born in March the following year, 
um, to explain her mixed race, both Fred and Rena explained to anyone who was interested that Rena had had a miscarriage and that the two of them still wanted a child. So they decided to adopt Charmaine because they I kind of didn't really say that, but they had said that Fred was the father. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Yeah. So in July the following year, the couple welcomed another daughter, Anna Marie. But things at the West family home were anything but happy. Rena struggled to deal with Fred's outbursts, and most of the time, they were actually directed towards the girls. What initially could have looked like Fred being a supportive and loving husband by helping Rena raise a child that had essentially got her kicked out of her own home only turned into a way for Fred to treat their marriage however he wanted. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sorry, go ahead. You, you're just like, I don't like this guy. No, I don't. He's clearly going to go back to certain um, things that he was doing in his earlier age. Yeah. Acting in these fucking horrific douche canoe squared ways mm -hmm. he had numerous affairs even allegedly fathering a child with another woman before rena found out oh cool when she did though instead of leaving fred or asking him to stop rena then started having an affair of her own with a man named john okay so i mean there <laughs> <laughs> you really were thinking that <laughs> Consensual relationships can go many ways. If, yeah. If both partners are okay with, you know, open relationships and stuff, hey, sure, fucking go for it. But I mean, if it's like, well, you're fucking cheating on me, so I'm going to fucking cheat on you. And then yeah. you're both pissed off at each other. What the fuck does that solve? See, Fred was okay with him cheating. Well, of course he was. But he, he wasn't was. okay with Rena cheating. Of course he was. Anyone who's fucking the cheater is always okay with it. Yeah. They're never okay when they're the, the, the cheaty. The, the cheated. The cheated. Like chips. <laughs> they're the Cheetos. <laughs> the Cheetos of the relationship world. No, no, they're the lays because A, they're getting laid, and B, bet you can't have just one. Oh my word. <laughs> okay. So things got nasty though when Fred discovered that Rena and John were together. Oh my gosh. Without skipping a beat, Fred. Oh, so he actually like found them. So without skipping a beat, Fred burst into the room and actually punched Rena. Seeing this, John then punched Fred, who then pulled a knife out and actually managed to catch John in the abdomen. It wasn't a very deep wound, and John kept fighting. He punched Fred a second time, and after that, Fred backed out of the fight. Wow. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, he only liked to really... He didn't seem like he really fought back much when it came to, comes, came to guys. Okay. But, like, women... He liked to control them, which is uh, disturbing. Okay. Interesting. Well, I mean, there are guys out there like that who like to be dominant to the uh, the opposite sex or whatever. Yeah. But when it comes to confrontation with 
another man. They, they're not that, and I hate this term, but I'm going to use it here because it's a good example, but they're not that alpha type, you know? So mm-hmm. they, they are more submissive in that, those sense, but they like to be the alpha when they can. So they will yeah. to women. Yeah. So Fred continue, continued having his affairs and Rena continued having her affair with John. But now that Fred knew where Rena was spending her time, he made sure she paid for it. He beat her, and whenever John found out about the beatings, he'd go over to the West household and in return beat Fred. Fuck. John later said he couldn't tackle a man, but he wasn't so slow in attacking women. This is, this isn't a love triangle. This is an abusive triangle. I know. Like, holy fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, because Fred's going to beat her, and in lieu, John's going to beat him. And in lieu, he's going to beat her again because John came and beat him. And that's going to get... It's a vicious cycle. Holy fuck. All right. So in November 1965, Fred was in hot water for an entirely different reason. He'd been involved in an accident with his ice cream van. The accident had left a young boy dead. And though Fred was cleared out of any wrongdoings, he didn't quite... He didn't feel like he was safe where he was currently residing. And it was actually an accident. Like, I think that he he backed into the boy or something. Okay. And something I listened to, it was like, yeah, and, and accidents in those manner were quite frequent. Common. And I was like, holy, really? That's common? I feel like if that happened nowadays... I would be shocked to read that. Well, we have fucking backup cameras and rear view mirrors and stuff. Who knows if they had even the mirrors properly in the vehicle he was using. It's hard to say. So thinking that some of the locals would take justice into their own hands, Fred moved the family to Gloucester. Rena didn't join him until February the following year. And when she did, she brought some guests with her. So Issa McNeil, a teenager who'd been their nanny, who was looking for a better life, and so was her 16-year-old friend, Anne McFall. Issa, oh, sorry, I just made a loud noise <laughs> with my mic. Uh, I don't know if that'll even get picked up. Yeah, who well. knows. Issa had introduced Anne to the West while she was working for them, and when Anne's boyfriend had died in a workplace accident, they'd all become much closer. Issa and Anne followed Rena to Gloucester, thinking that a fresh start would be the thing that they needed to get their lives on track. Only they didn't quite realize what they were walking into. It didn't take long for Fred to start viewing all three women living in his house, two of them still only teenagers, as his own property. A fucking course he did. God. Yeah. Sorry. It pisses me off so much. This guy is going to piss you off. Big time. So he beat Rena and Issa and told Rena to start working as a sex worker so that they could make more money. He also started sexually abusing his stepdaughter, Charmaine. Why didn't he go out and suck some dicks for extra cash? I don't know. He could have made that money. He could have. Fucking put those lips to good use, buddy. He could have. So desperate, Rena called John and begged him to get her, her two daughters, and Issa out of there. John immediately agreed and hatched a plan with Issa's boyfriend to drive down and pick all of them up while Fred was out of the house. But Anne's name was missing from that list. Anne had fallen for Fred, and he'd promised to marry her. Oh, wow. Okay. When she found out about the others attempting to leave, she told Fred everything. Which only pissed him off, and he probably went on a fucking rampage. Yep. Okay, cool. 
So when the other six met at the meeting spot, Fred and Anne showed up as well. Anne told the others that she was going to stay with Fred, and Fred told them that Rena and Issa could leave, but Charmaine and Anna Marie, the two kids, would be coming with him. John and Fred fought again, with Fred being hit several times, but he didn't let go of the girls, and the police were called to the scene. John, Issa, her boyfriend, and Rena left, and the girls stayed with Fred. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Great. This is going to be fan-fucking-tastic. Fred kept the girls, and he warned Rena that he would kill her if he ever saw her again. But she, I mean, I feel like you'd have to be a very, also be a, somewhat of a strong individual to be with this Fred man. Yeah. And she ignored Fred's warnings, and she did make a point of visiting the daughters. And were the daughters safe, relatively speaking? This also created a lot of tension between Rena, Fred, and Anne, which all blew up when Rena was arrested for stealing some of Anne's things. Do you like how I just avoided your question? Yeah, I did. The court case shone a light on the situation at Fred's home, but Fred, he was a manipulator. He knew how to lie. He told the court that things were going to calm down because Anne was moving back to Glasgow and the court believed him. Anne actually moved to a different caravan in the same caravan park that Fred and the girls were living. But that did mean that Rena could then stay in Fred's caravan whenever she visited the girls. Rena ended up splitting her time between Fred's caravan and Glasgow. But Anne was still sure that she and Fred had a future. By July 1967, Anne, 18 years old, was actually eight months pregnant with Fred's child. Cool. She then disappeared. She was never reported as missing. Less than a month later, Rena was back at home, officially living with Fred again. Things seemed to improve at first, but only a year later, Rena had left once again. This was the end of Fred and Rena as a couple, but Fred found love again two years later in the arms of Rosemary Let's or Rose. Here we fucking go. I was waiting for Rose to come into the story. Mm-hmm. Fucking Fred. So Rose had only just turned 15 when she met Fred at the bus stop. They were waiting. Oh, cool. And Fred was 28. Wow, that's fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Rose was initially unimpressed with Fred, actually. She thought. So am I. <laughs> so am I. I don't know why that really was funny for me. You good, bro? She thought that he looked and smelled like a homeless man. <laughs> that was literally her thought. Like, like he was like a homeless man. Oh, I know I'm not going to like her here coming up, but I, I like her right now. <laughs> but once she realized that he wasn't, and after he kept pursuing her, Rose started to like all the attention and the compliments that Fred kept giving her, which, you know, compliments are nice sometimes. Yeah. It was nothing compared to the attention he gave her after he found out that Rose was very sexually active. After that, Fred tried everything. He even told her that his wife had abandoned him and their two daughters, but he still had hope for the future and wanted to have more children. Then he found out where Rose worked and had a woman go in with a gift from him, and then he walked in after to ask Rose out on a date. Rose had allegedly already refused him a couple of times, 
But this, the gift seemed to do the trick, and the two of them did eventually become a couple. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Rose would spend a lot of time in his caravan, both to see him and to look after the girls. Her relationship with the girls was good at first, and she managed to actually convince Fred to start treating them better for a while. But that didn't last so long. Only weeks after they started dating, Rose had quit her job and was a full-time nanny to Charmaine and Anna Marie. This went on with Rose's parents having no idea what was happening or that she had a boyfriend. Like, as far as they know, she was still working at her job. Yeah. But that all changed several months later when they did eventually find out and both her parents disapproved of the relationship. That's a very nice way of putting it. They disapproved. They disapproved of Fred. Fred was very disapproval. Disapprovaling. I don't even know what that means. He sucked. Fred sucked. <laughs> Fuck you, Fred. <laughs> not That's cool. Not cool, say. Fred, eh? Not cool, Fred. No, it's fucking Fred. Fucking Fred. They were unsuccessful in stopping. So not knowing what else, to, like stopping the relationship. So not knowing what else to do, they actually called social services to have Rose removed from her own home and put into a center for troubled youth or troubled teens. She was only allowed off of the premises on weekends. And when she was supposed, when she was allowed off, she was supposed to go and visit her parents. But she used that time, of course, to go and see Fred instead. Of instead. course. Instead, she saw Fred. Yep. And then some people were dead. Yeah. There you go. That sums it up. We're done here. <laughs> and that's thanks for joining us today. I'm wicked and grim. <laughs> When she turned 16, Rose was officially allowed to leave the center and she moved in with Fred the first chance she got. Her father tried one last time to end the relationship by saying that Rose was pregnant and that it was statutory rape. So the police examined her. It was true. Rose was actually pregnant. But she was allowed to leave the station under the condition that she terminate her pregnancy and go back home to her family. Rose agreed, but what she actually did was cut ties with her family and officially move in with Fred instead. Something Fred and Rose had in common that I haven't mentioned yet is the abuse the two of them endured growing up. So Ro Rose's father, Bill Letts, was a diagnosed schizophrenic, and it's believed that he molested Rose. Oh, fuck. Yes. And it's also believed that Rose molested her brother wow yes it's unbelievably sad how common sexual assault is within families mm -hmm. and the things people endure from it and then it's super sad when you see like we kind of already mentioned it people learning these things from such a young age but it's so sad when people learn these behaviors behaviors and they pass them on to someone else well yeah and now these two individuals are together and forming a relationship and the kind of abuse that they grew up with unfortunately carries on to the next generation. Yeah. The absolute shittiest kind of power couple. Yeah. And I'm not saying it always does. It doesn't always. Oh, no. Not no. at all. But in this situation, it did. So. Yeah. No, there, there are situations where people like this could get together and all they do is help support each other and they're there for the other when they need it. And advocate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, there, there is the flip side that is Fred, Fred and, and Rose. Rose. Yep. 
So by the time Fred and Rose's first child, Heather Ann, was born, Charmaine and Anna Marie were old enough to remember what life was like living in the West household. Although, although they both experienced different kinds of sexual abuse from their father, they also experienced physically or physical, emotional, and mental abuse from Rose. Rose would often beat them, and she showed a lot of excitement when someone got hurt or started crying. Anna Marie turned into a quiet, submissive girl who was just trying to get by, which is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. This is also heartbreaking. Charmaine held on. She refused to show fear or to cry, and she often told Anna Marie that their mother would come back to get them. By 1971, Fred was in prison for unrelated charges, and the girls were left completely at the mercy of Rose and her temper. Charmaine continued to push back, purposely saying things that she would she knew would like, you know, get Rose going. Yeah. Like comparing her to her biological mother, and the abuse got worse and worse. Fuck. Just before Fred was released in the summer of 1971, Charmaine disappeared. Oh fuck. Rose told everyone that Charmaine had gone to live with her mother, and when Fred got out of prison, he stood by this statement. It didn't, however, take long for Rena to figure out that something was wrong and Charmaine was missing. She kept coming to Fred's house, putting the pressure on Fred to tell her what had happened to her daughter. She was lasting at the house, probably demanding to take custody of both her daughters before she also disappeared. Of course she did. Fuck. Six months later, Fred and Rose got married. Fred was technically married to Rena. But now that she was nowhere to be seen, Fred listed himself as a bachelor on the paperwork and went about marrying Rose. Again, for the second time in his life, Fred married with no one attending his wedding except his younger brother, John. Woo! I, I can't believe John just kept attending. At some point, you think you'd be like, I'm out. I mean, if they have like an open bar, just go to a fucking wedding. You're the only person there. Hey. Why not? Just, just get liquored right up, eh? Just sit through the ceremony for half an hour and just enjoy your time. Mm-hmm. Like I said, woo! Oh it's the God. one guy in the fucking church. Wow. So several months later, Rose was pregnant again, and the family moved into their forever home. 25 Cromwell Street. This was a three-story house, and to help make some extra money, the family lived on the ground floor and rented out the other bedrooms. But that summer, right after she'd given birth to her second daughter, May, June, Rose found another way to make some extra money as well. And that, my friends, is where you the story stops. son of a bitch. For today. Wow. Thanks. All right. Cool. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Well, that was fucking shitty. Okay. The podcast has already been probably like an hour. We got to stop and go to part two. <laughs> right when shit's about to hit the fan. Yeah, eh? no kidding. Yeah, I'm sorry. Also, I was really looking forward to you saying, yeah, they got a new house and they were making some extra money. So Fred decided to have a glory hole in the house where he did some D sucking. No, he had peepholes. He had pe Cool. To watch things. Cool. But he did not have any glory holes. Wow. Fucking Fred. I hate this guy. Yeah. What an absolute well, honestly, fucking douche canoe. Okay. I was going to say, like, Rose is not much better, and she is not at all. But the thing is, like, she was very young, too. 
And so say if she had maybe gone with someone that was a better influence on her. Yeah. It could have been totally different for her, right? Could have. So it's, but she ended up with Fred and he was probably the worst possible influence you could ever have. And uh, yeah, shit hits the fan. But the same thing could be said about Fred too. Not that I'm defending him, just playing devil's advocate here. If mm-hmm. he found a woman who is good for him to get him out of these tendencies. Yeah. He could have been a good person too. That's true. But I mean, like you said, she was quite a bit younger. So that puts him more in that driver's seat. But they- yeah. They're definitely not the couple for other individuals for each other. Because I think everyone technically has some good in them, right? You you would hope. But then diff- different circumstances and situations can just bring the absolute worst out in you. Yeah, that's true. And it true. carries forward for like yeah. the rest of your life. So. And it, it's how individuals it, – there's certain circumstances behind everything. There's exceptions to every rule. But it is how individuals choose to deal with these things a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, you can choose to stand against it. You can choose to be something different. Or you can – go the easier path and decide, hey, I'm going to fulfill my fucking desires of incest and bestiality and beating individuals, mm-hmm. even though you know it's not fucking right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Like all these disgusting people out there, there is something inside them that knows what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. For sure. To, to some degree, some people Unless- lesser than others, to be fair. Unless it's also a mental illness too that is preventing them from realizing well, that has I, happened. That's what I mean to some degree or another, right? Some much less. Um, but someone like Fred, he knows exactly what he's doing. Oh yeah, he's freaking nasty. He's making the choice to do these things. Mm-hmm. So he was brought up in a very terrible situation as a kid. Not his fault whatsoever. No. Now he knows the things he's doing is wrong. Especially considering he went through a court process where he's like, isn't everybody uh, having incestual relationships? Mm-hmm. He, like, am I actually doing anything wrong here? Like, yeah. So he learned these things were wrong, but he continued to do them anyways. Mm-hmm. He made the choice to continue his perversions. Yeah. That's where. And then he brought other people into them too. Because the, the thing is, they went about choosing – um. They knew what they were doing was wrong because they did go about choosing people that wouldn't necessarily be missed or wouldn't necessarily be noticed that they were missing right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. So that right there is like, yeah, you know, you know, you're being you're being selective, you're being secretive, like you know what you're doing is yeah. wrong. So being very methodical about it, which yeah, absolutely, ugh. fucking Fred, fucking Fred. So you get to endure fucking Fred part two next week. Wow. Well, thank you for ending it on that. Uh, that note right where shit was getting good or horrifying however you want to look at it you're welcome but it was a good job so far i know how many emails are we gonna get like you i can't believe you did this come on i imagine there's gonna be a few it's my job it's just gonna make you tune in next week that's That's, my job that's true i i can't even get to know what it's gonna be you're making making me wait a fucking week before we record if i'm being honest i don't even have part two fully finished so well you you said you have all the information calm your like tits. writing it but yeah i've got to sit here and wait just like everybody else yeah you do this isn't fair now i know what they go through it's not fun at all <laughs> oh my gosh i know and i'm always the one that lots of times does the part twos i do more part twos you do 
I have some other part twos coming down the line that I want to do too. So I, but they're fun. It's kind of fun sometimes. It is fun, but it's like, fuck. Because you get to kind of, wait. you get to deeper dive into the cases. And um, like, honestly, this, I'm still missing shit in this case. Like even by doing two episodes, like I'm still not covering everything. Oh yeah. You could probably do like five on this, this case. It's ginormous. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I mean, it's just we're in a day and age where it's like, oh, new fucking season of this show just came out. Let's binge the next 12 episodes mm -hmm. and learn it all right now and get to indulge. We're not in a society anymore. We're made to fucking wait for I shit. No, but just, okay, okay, just go back to when you were a kid, you watched your favorite show, and you had to, like, wait for it to come out the following week. And how freaking excited you were that it was like here and it was like the best day ever and you had something to look forward to and it was like yes okay okay i, I can relate to that just go back to that feeling that's what i'm that's what i'm doing for because i i would literally run down my driveway <laughs> to catch my show after school i know we need more feelings like that because we're in a day and age where yeah you can just consume whenever you want however you want and there's not really any just like excitement or like looking forward to things as much as there used to be. Touche. So I'm just doing that for you. Wow. You're welcome. Way to really try and paint yourself in the best <laughs> light possible in this <laughs> shitty situation. You did a good job. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, everyone just going down memory lane. And yeah, now you, they're just like, wow. Yeah. Like, you know what? That's okay. We do need this. Wow. That, that was really good. Props to you. That was... <laughs> Woo, you did really good thanks um on the episode too you did really good so far look forward to part two next tuesday mm -hmm. um if you guys want some more behind the scenes content you can head to patreon there's a big library of a bunch of episodes you can go over there that are exclusive to patreon um you can go check out our youtube with got some vlogs up there which one from tofino is going to be posted here shortly mm -hmm. we got instagram we got facebook we got a website you name it there's a whole slew of stuff in our description down below for this podcast. Check it out if you want. If not, you're here too. And that's what's really important. So thank you so much for your support. One way or another, you mean the world. Yeah. We love that you're here. We appreciate it. And uh, keep tuning in. Until next Tuesday, when you're making us wait for part two. You're welcome, I already said. And stay wicked. Or I mean, I guess... Stay okay, stay awake. I feel like my wicked. your welcome was too harsh. So anyway, thanks for being here. Bye. <laughs> I still got to do the stay wicked for the third time now. Okay, do it again. Okay, okay. Uh, now it feels raw. It feels awkward now. Do it. Feels, it. feels forced. Do it. You got this. I'm going to do the long Y. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Stay wicked. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.